experienced in these blackouts, stretches of time that you can't account for. podcast started in a sleepy town in rural Iowa has now grown so large that it can't be contained much like a serial killer from uh, Texarkana that was it that's all wow. I got welcome yeah. back everyone to a very special episode, a new episode. Those of you who have read the title might be confused as to what's happening. Here at, yeah. the, at Captain's Log, we have our main show episodes, which are labeled episode number and then a title. And then we uh-huh. have our bonus episodes, which are the Lost Logs. And now we have a new bonus sort of episode or different type of episode, uh, which came about after a suggestion from Mason, which we are going to be calling Mason. Thrills or kills? Ooh, callback to yes, a call day back. when nobody even listened to our podcast, except the the citizens of Oskaloosa who happen to be driving around at eleven p.m. on a Sunday. That's right, dreading their life, listening yeah. to two college students, yeah, talk about a majority of horror films they had not seen. That's right, and yes. then go haven't seen that one, but sounds stupid. <laughs> yes, this is the inception of our podcast, which was. Jose and I, as college students, talking about movies on a live radio station. Yeah. I yeah. Remember, I remember having to text all my friends at Utah and being like, <laughs> please listen, guys. <laughs> Let me explain what the Thrills or Kills episodes are going to be. So for Thrills or Kills, we will be taking a look at a film, probably almost certainly relating to horror um, True crime. Possibly true crime, yeah. Or, or supernatural. So they will either be like a narrative film, like today. Uh, yep. They might be a documentary. Uh, or I think that's the only type of films that it could be, is either a narrative film or a documentary. Yeah. Um, and uh, we're just going to be hearkening back to our early days and just talking about it and telling you guys what we thought about it. And going through the story, so obviously there will be spoilers for these movies. Yes. Um, and today it's a double callback, Mason, because not only is it the first episode of Thrizzle Kill or Kills, which goes all the way back to episode three, I believe, when we yeah. when we first did Thrills or Kills, and then episode seventeen. Right. Uh, but also we're going to be t- talking about a movie by the name of. The town that dreaded sundown. Which and just just in case anybody listening doubts our validity, Jose is in film school right now, so yeah, yeah. we are allowed to talk about this from a it, critical perspective. It had to come full circle, didn't it? I, I yes. I kept saying to my friends who were like, "You have a podcast, podcast," and I said, "Yes, but it's not a film podcast." And now it somehow found its way 
to be sometimes a film podcast. I, I made Jose go to film school just so we yeah. could do this. Mason was like, hey, I'd like to do these kind of episodes. Could you go back to school? And I was like, ugh. Yeah. I guess. Mm-hmm. And it's it's all for you guys. Well, today, guys, the, the movie that we're taking a look at, The Town of the Dreaded Soundown from 1976, unless you watched it on Amazon Prime like Mason and I did, and it says 1977 for some reason. But I yep. looked it up. I confirmed it did come out December 1976. Uh, is about the Moonlight Murders, which took place in the 1940s in, I always forget how to pronounce it, Mason. Is it Texarkana? Texarkana. 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 Uh, and if you if you get confused, remember the Smokey and the Bandit. There's beer in Texarkana. Mm. And uh, we actually talked about, very briefly, we talked about the murders there in episode 40 of the podcast. So if you want to know yep. more about the actual, because we're not really going to cover the actual case, but if you want to know about the actual case, go listen to that. I'm sure yep. at some point we will do a full series or a full like proper episode on it. Because they're very interesting. Yeah, let's get into it. Before we get into it, Mason, I'm just going to read the uh, the b- summary from yeah, for our sure. friends over at IMDb. Yeah. So, the town that dreaded sundown is the story of a hooded berserk killer who terrorized the border town of Texarkana, Arkansas, in 1946, leaving, leaving no fewer than five murder victims in his wake. He was never caught, based on one of America's most baffling murder cases. And uh, the so first things first, the poster is really cool. I oh think yeah, that's what drew me in to this movie. Yes. Is for years yes. I had seen this poster, and I remember I think I discovered it when we were doing the the case. The, the, the yeah, because uh, it was an urban legend, right? It's the this so this this actual case s- spun into the like lovers lane urban legend. Yeah, um, the 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 killer, the hook hand yeah, killer yeah. on the loose kind of shit. Yeah, and and so I think while I was looking doing research for that, I came across this poster, and we'll link, we'll post it obviously on Instagram. But uh, it's like the 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 phantom is what this killer's referred to. He's got like a, a burlap sack, very much like Jason in in uh, Friday the Thirteenth Two when he or, shows up. Uh, if you're into more real cases, a very Zodiac killer like. Mm-hmm. I mean, reportedly, he also wore this mask in real life. Yeah. Um, and yeah. it's like a burlap sack with just, like, two holes, like, punched out. Yeah. Um, but anyway, the poster's, like, him in the background, right? And it, like, fades into, like, the sleepy little town. And it's, like, that classic, like, old poster font. I don't know, like, that, yeah. like... Wh- I mean, you're a graphic designer. What is that? What is that called? It's, like, uh, like uh, it's a drop shadow, right? Like, in let the letters? Me, let me pull it up. Uh... No, that's actually, that's just a 3D effect. Oh, okay, okay. Right, of like, it's got like a highlighted yellow mm, it looks, above an orange text, but it's fucking cool. Such yeah. a good fucking combination. And then, yeah. you know, at the top it says, it's in very... 1946, this man killed five people. Today, he still lurks the streets of Texarkana, Arkansas. Which The cover is very, like, Quentin Tarantino. Yes. For yes. a modern day audience, but like it's the it's the it's very the thing that inspired exactly. Quentin Tarantino. Right. Yeah. Um and the thing is also the I mean to us nowadays the posters lie cuz he's probably dead, but in the 70s he could have been still around 30 years That's after. That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Um but anyway, so that's one of the first things that drew me into it and I was telling Mason before we started the show that for years. Uh, yeah, actually years, probably like 
two three years at this point this has been on my list of movies to watch same yeah uh, and we were deciding which movies to watch and i think this is one of the suggestions and we both were like yeah let's do that one yeah and that's a nice way of putting it yeah so i think what we'll do mason is we'll just walk through the story and as we go through the story we'll just give our opinions on it um, yeah absolutely i don't know if, yeah. do, do you want to maybe start us off do you, do you remember how it starts out yeah, so it starts out with a classic uh, young teenage couple, but since it was shot in the 1970s, they're like way older. They're you know, like they're supposed to be. Yeah, they're supposed to be teenagers, but they're like 30. Uh, it's them in a car, and you know, which the, is the, funny that that's been a staple of Hollywood to like cast way older people as teenagers, but only nowadays yeah. because something weird has happened to our society. Does is that sellable? Because, like, you look at the yes. Euphoria kids, you're like, oh, they could be in high school. But they're all, yeah. like, 32, and you're like, what? They got what? better at finding people who look like teenagers, yeah. even though they're not. Yeah. I still uh, think Tom so, Holland is 16, but he's, like, 27 now. I don't know. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. He's He might be older than me, and that's upsetting. He but. is older than me, I'm pretty sure. 26 or 27, I think. Anyway, so it starts off with these two, and you know the guy. It's look this. If you're this movie's full of like vaguely yeah. problematic premises, yeah. Yeah. mostly starting off with this kid that's like, I want to fuck, and this girl being like, No. Well, here's the other thing, right? Is that yeah? So this is, and you you can tell, uh-huh. this is 1976, which is. Pre-Halloween, which came out in 1978. Oh, to be fair, though, it's shot in 1976, but it takes place in 1945. Like, yes, but what I mean is that, as as I think a good amount of us know, Halloween changed the game in terms of what you would show in a horror movie, right? Yes. And, and, yeah. and to this movie's credit, it kind of pushes the boundaries in terms of like gore, but it's still yes. a... Fr- this is still a time when when horror films, I mean, were pretty much non-existent, but were like afraid to like be like these kids are gonna fuck. So they're just yeah. like they never really say it's that that's not what they're doing. Super it's sexual, like, but yeah, it's, it's like weird. obvious. Yeah, like we know, but like also there were moments, and I have it in my notes where I was like, what were they going to do? Like, because a lot of it, like, for instance, in this first couple, he pulls up and he's yes. like, come on, Linda May or whatever. And yeah. then she's like, no, I don't want to. And then he, like, lays his head down on her he lap. He lays his head down on her lap. And, and it's she- like, that's the, like, like, the, like, it's like, maybe he's going to eat her pussy. That's, but, like, that's it's, what I think it was yeah, is that but, like, he's going to eat her out. Because at one point, she's like, well, get out of there or something like that. And he goes, yeah. And she, oh, she says, move your hand out of there. But I'm like, but his hand's not in there, though, because we can see. Yeah, but his hand wasn't in there. It's clearly not in there. It's very much like watching Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho, where you, like, they do, it's like, you can tell what they were trying to do, but, like, it doesn't really work because it's old. They were too cowardly to do it. That's why why we love John Carpenter in this podcast, because the guy That's true. I love John Carpenter, Carpenter for a lot of reasons. But I'll tell you yeah. this. Keep it 100 with you guys. I yeah. think I love... I do love him as a director, obviously. But I yeah. really love John Carpenter for his music. I listen to a mm-hmm. lot of John Carpenter's music for I this just, podcast. Yeah. Uh, go check it out. It's, the, it's fucking phenomenal. The Thing is my gold stand. It's my mm. number one mm-hmm. horror movie. He, but, there's but an anywhere. album called The Lost Themes, I think. And it, 
I mean, in case you're wondering what his what his like style of music is, just think of the Halloween theme. It's like a synth, and I love yeah. synth horror music. And dude, that guy fucking kills it. Him and his and son have been doing some insane shit. Yeah. For everybody listening, the reason that we've just turned on to a John Carpenter uh, rant is because this movie is kind of bullshit. Yeah. It's it's. I don't... Okay, let me just... I'll just get this out right now. Yeah. The Phantom, I think, is a better, more iconic version of Michael Myers. I think he's scarier. I think he's the best, most realistic depiction of an actual serial killer that's ever been put to film. That being said, the rest of the movie is... it's oh, not good. We're getting ahead of ourselves, <laughs> but yes, I agree with everything that Mason just said. So, so starting off uh, on my notes, I would say if you're looking for a film that has innovative cinematography, this is not it. It's pretty standard yep. shots. Yeah, they they do yep. some fun stuff here and there, but mainly it's just standard run of yep. the mill. They had to get these many shots. Yes. Um, so what Mason didn't say is that. When it opens up, before we get to this couple, it opens up with a narration, which is spotty, because it comes in and out at random places. Yes. The narration only comes in at a point where the filmmakers were like, we don't know how to show this, so we're just going to have a narrator tell you it. It's like this movie had maybe one of the best scripts ever written for a horror movie, and like the worst director. Yes. Like, the script is so good, and... Uh, but like the way that they chose to portray it is n- so bad. So so anyway, and 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 one other thing I'll say before I let Mason continue to tell you guys the story is, it starts off by being like Texarkana, a beautiful place, and it's like sex. Pe- it's like the Twilight Zone. Yeah, it's like people are yeah. getting back from from the war, and all these white folks are so happy. There's not a single colored person to be seen for miles. Yes. Yeah. And I was going to tell you this, that I don't know what it is. Maybe it's my modern knowledge of those mm-hmm. times. But whenever I see cookie-cutter white suburbia from this time, dude, I get fucking sp- chills down my spine. That's I don't fair. know what it is. I don't know if it's because I know that like there's so much seedy shit going on behind yeah. those doors. But like, right. whenever I see them being like, ha-ha, look at all these... <laughs> Look at all these white folks living in their neighborhood. I'm like, <laughs> my hands start sweating. I'm like, something bad's gonna happen, guys. I uh, see. I don't have that. I'm just like, yeah. You're like, great. I this... wish we could go back. It's too bad that we can't have that anymore. But, <laughs> but no. But the, the so the serial killer. So the Phantom, right? So we'll call the him couple, the Phantom. The couple's at the lover's lane. Right. The Phantom. The lady's like, I hear something, and he's like, Shut up, baby. Let me eat your pussy. <laughs> yeah. And. Word but word. the the phantom shows up, and it's so scary because he's a real person. Like he's not great at being a serial killer. No. Like he he makes mistakes and he's like awkward and weird. But it makes it so much scarier well, when he's actually like working. Going with what you were saying, that this is the most realistic interpretation of a serial killer in like a slasher movie. Yeah, I would say. Part of the reason why I felt like that is because he's a fucking loser, right? Yes. And you can tell that he's a fucking loser. Because, again, like we know, we've talked about this on the show. Serial killers, 
are sociopaths and psychopaths, which means they're not the coolest of the cool, right? And anybody no. who's going to be like, well, Ted Bundy, shut the fuck up. We've already shut that down before. We've already shut that down Zach before. They're not Zac Efron playing Ted no. Bundy. They're fucking just, uh, they're, yeah. Just it's look Michael at a picture of any of them. <laughs> yes. But this guy, and, and the, the, the characterization, one of the things that sells it for me is that they have him, when, whenever he's like gearing up to do a crime, he yeah. starts breathing really hard. Like and he's the like adrenaline is running yes. through him, and he's, and he's bumbling, like and he's bumbling. Yes, and he's that's the best way to describe it. Yes, that, based on all the true crime podcasts I have listened to, all the books I have read. Yes, that is the most accurate depiction. Because so, like, like you instance, can tell, like, like the Phantom, the 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 um, sorry, the uh, Golden State Killer. A lot of it with like. Uh, a lot of the stuff that they talk about is that like beforehand he would be like. The people would report that he would be breathing like really hard on them, like he was yes. nervous to do it. Yes, it's all the, like they, they had a, they, they had an outline of a plan, but like when shit really started going down, it wasn't going exactly how they thought in their heads, and they're freaking out about at it. At first, you know, he's breathing really hard, which also looks cool because he's got the big baggy mask and it's like sucking yeah. in and out. At first, I yeah. was like, oh, they're trying to make him look like scary by doing that. But then as I watched along, I was like, no, this is really good because it's like this is how they would act. There's a sequence later on that I will get to. Yes. I don't want to spoil, but that's yep. like the most to me was like that's what a fucking serial killer does. Like that was exactly Bundy it, yes. or John Wayne Gacy or BTK to, like figuring something out. To sum it up, every time that the Phantom is on screen committing a murder – it's really scary. Every other moment in this movie is uh, at worst boring and is at its best confusing. Also, I think part of what sells his, what makes him scary, because again, like as a whole, he's kind of a bumbling idiot, but what makes yes. him scary is that you know he's going to kill these people and you keep like, as you're watching, you're like, they're so close to getting away. Like it, it's just, yes. a, it's just by chance. And that's how and, it happens in real life. You yes. Know? And you know that watching him like fucking this up and being bumbling is like, Oh yeah, that could be like any person. Like I've seen that, that dude I, like six times on the street. Right. I think that's what makes it scarier is that yeah. it's so realistic that you're like, yes. Oh, I know a guy at work who's like that, who bumbles yes. his shit. Like what if he was a fucking serial killer? You know? Yes. Who, when someone like starts pressing him, gets like, like real sweaty and breathes hard and is like I just I don't I just and then like starts like fumbling shit it's like yeah it's like that's such a common thing so so Mason so yeah. he's eating her pussy out the phantom yeah. shows up <laughs> what he opens he opens the hood of their car which scares them mm. and then he like walks over to the driver's side and like knocks on the window and the guy's like the, the says, guy in the car. Hey, mister, you've got the wrong car. Nobody. Yes. I think he's got the right car. Because he's, he's looking very for a much, car to kill. Yeah, he's very much just like, I don't know what to do here. And the, the serial well, killer in the same vein is like, he's like knocking on the, the, the window with his fist. And the guy's like, I'm not going to open the window. And the guy's like, open the window. Open the fucking window. Uh, Yeah. Also, they can drive away, Mason, because I don't know if you remember, he ripped out cables from the hood. Yes. So he... Yes. (laughs) This is so funny to me. He opens the hood, and all in the span of five seconds, opens the hood and pulls out cables and then shows it to them. And they go, oh, no. And I was like, wait. See, I didn't even pick that up on that. Well, I, I wrote, that guy sure disabled that car really quick by dot, 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 pulling out 
cables? Question mark. I don't look. I don't know how cars worked in the forties. So maybe that's possible. I, I think, don't know. Well, anyway, so so yeah. So then, then but he's, like, he's the knocking down. on. There's like a weirdly long scene of him knocking on the window and, and the also, get people in the car being like screaming and the audio is fucking terrible. It's so is the it's so overblown and clipping. It's the a nightmare. Female actors. It's a lot like Captain's Log. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the female actors in this film are phenomenal. Because oh my god, can they fucking scream so yeah. obnoxiously loud for way yes. too long? Especially the, yes. the actress who plays Linda May. Uh, I, yeah. I don't have her name here. I'll have to look it up. But she can fucking yell, and I was like, yeah. turning it down because I was like, God damn, lady, we get it. Yes. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> yeah. And she's also screaming the whole time while the other guys delivering it lines, was, and you're like, so- I can't tell what he's saying. <laughs> Jose, I don't know if you picked this up, but did you feel like it was a scream on a loop? It, yeah. Oh, Christine to me, it Ellsworth, felt like, by the way. That was Linda May Jenkins. Okay. Christine to Ellsworth. me, it, it felt like she screamed like three times, and then they just kept looping that over mm-hmm. as the audio okay, of so the anyway, scene so happening. What happens after that, Mason? So he takes like a crowbar, he busts open the window, and just rips the dude out of the driver's seat. Yeah, and like, it's not a dummy that he rips out, it's like the actual actor. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, it's going to be a dummy, because that's usually what it Mm -hmm. is, right? No, he like rips out the actual actor, and they did it really well. That was one thing that I was like, oh, that's impressive. That's what I'm saying. Every scene that the serial killer is killing. But like, having worked on like sets now, I'm like, oh, that's a challenge. Like, that's kind of crazy that they did that. Well, yeah. Again, every scene that the serial killer is actually killing people is, like, fucking terrifying. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and so he yanks him out and he beats cool. him over the head with his fucking, like, baton crowbar yeah, like thing that he's policeman got. policeman club mm-hmm. type uh, thing, yeah. And then? And then he disappears for, like, a, a brief pause mm-hmm. and then pops back up on the woman's side of the car busts her window open and pulls her out Mm -hmm. and it's to me it wasn't very clear but then it cuts to a scene like the next morning where this woman is like bloody and fucked up on the side of the road but still alive and she's like help help on the side of the road is like a car drives by and that's how the first crime screen scene is discovered and then one of my favorite scenes in this movie happens where we get the scene uh, roped off by the police and we're introduced to my favorite character in this movie. Yes, Deputy uh, Sheriff. Deputy Sheriff. Um, Deputy I don't remember Sheriff his name. Norman Ramsey. What yes. a fucking name. We got some yep. great names. Later on, we meet Captain J.D. Morales, which I fucking love that name. I don't know why. Yeah. Just good, yes. good names. Yes. Um, so so we get the scene of like it's 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 shut off. We've got the cop cars or some lookers by, and there's fucking deputy sheriff Norman. Uh, what I already forgot his name. <laughs> Norman. I Ramsey. don't remember. Deputy yes. Sheriff Ramsey, right? Yes. And he's standing there, the skinny ass dude, and like a full. T- t- imagine uh, he a, took a, a me Arkansas cop with a hat on in the and the and the the beige. Uh, maybe maybe this will help for like the first 30 seconds that he was on screen i was trying to figure out if he was a very young tommy lee jones yeah 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 he does i thought he was tommy lee jones uh, like in his first role and he wasn't 
but he's very... Imagine Tommy Lee Jones is, like, the youngest you can imagine him. That's kind of what this guy's like. Yeah. Well, anyway, so... <laughs> This scene is they're waiting for the ambulance to pull up to get to get the guy because the guy is still alive. Yes. And the ambulance is coming down the road. They've just called it and it's like mm-hmm. getting there in pretty good time. And he's so mad at the fucking ambulance driver. He's yeah. like waving him down all angry. Like, yes. And then it's the like, ambulance pulls up next to him and goes, he's down the road. Get over there now. And I'm like, buddy, yes. you just called. Him. Like, It's like right. David Lynch. <laughs> Like, I don't know if, if, if our audience underst- like has watched a lot of David Lynch movies, but, like, the way he holds on a scene for, like, too long, it, it's him mm-hmm. just, like, and I, I'm so waving sorry that you like guys can't see this, waving, but it's yeah. just him being, like, Yes. For, like, five minutes, it seems like. PTSD, and it felt like when my dad was asking me to get a tool, and he's like, bring that, and I'm like, I don't know. That one. And it's like, I don't know. And it's like, that one. It's like, I don't know. Just bring the fucking one. Bring the yeah. tool back over. And I'm like, I don't. You know, it was, yeah, it was. Uh, yes. And so, and then from there, you know, they pick him up and then they go to the hospital. And then at the hospital, it's like the police chief and Deputy Ramsey. Yeah. And they're trying to talk to Linda May. She's all bandaged up. She's all, the, the, the doctor's like, she's drugged up. And then we get a detail that did happen in the real case, but it just kind of, you know, they just drop it in and they're like, oh, yeah, he, uh, he like, ass- assaulted her. He, like, sexually assaulted her. Well, okay, and I should say, I forgot to mention this. That was what, so when he burst open the window, he opens her door and, like, gets in the car. Mm-hmm. And it's very much implied that it's, like, a rape or a sexual assault. Well, so but they say, not very clear. And I think it's in the real case as well. He didn't rape her. Like, he didn't penetrate her. But he mm-hmm. assaulted her with his weapon. Is, gotcha. is I think what yeah. happened in real life, and I yeah. think that's what they say in the movie too, um, which is not good. <laughs> I no. makes me hate him more. I'm like, this guy is scary. Uh, yeah. And then, and then this is, and then it just cuts to another couple, and it's like this guy, this 25 year old, just got back from overseas. He's dating 17 yes. year old whoever, and I'm like, Ugh. yes. And then also he's like, the lady's like. Well, I'm sure you miss all those Japanese ladies. Yeah. And he's you- like, well, those Japanese ladies do know how to keep a man happy, but so do you. And it's like, which what also, the fuck is happening? Which also, having just watched Oppenheimer and then listened to <laughs> listened to the um, the last podcast on the left's whole series about the the, the, yep. the the Manhattan Project and talking about how horrible Japan suffered under American occupation and stuff. Yes. I was like, bad line. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. no, I don't think those Japanese girls miss him. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> yes, they don't. No, not at all. Yeah. Um, which I love. It just It is nice to see the propaganda that America was working, even in the 70s, of being like, Actually, Japanese people loved us after we dropped the bomb. To be fair, I don't know. I mean, I guess you're, you could be right, but my reading of it was like, oh, this is uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, because so she says, like, I, I bet you miss those Japanese girls giving you baths or something like that. And he's like, yeah. oh, they sure do know how to scrub a man down or some shit. They, they know how to please a man or keep a man happy. <laughs> um. Okay, so, yeah, Um. I, I do have a note here that I just said. Every scene that Andrew Prine is in, who who played uh, uh, Deputy uh, Norman Ramsey, yes. I said he is overacting his heart out in this film. But I think it yes. works. So is everybody. Everyone. Uh, we'll get into I, my least favorite character in a bit. 
I feel like uh, your least favorite is going to be my my most favorite, but we'll get into it. So so they the, afterwards they go to the police station and Deputy yeah. Ramsey and his captain. Uh, to be clear. We've got two murders and two, one attempted murder on a couple and one actual murder on a couple. Has the second one, do they go to the police station first before the second one happens though? Before he, yes, they do. They go to police, to the police station first and they're talking about him with, with the sheriff and with the, the police chief. So it's Sheriff Otis Barker and then police chief, police chief um, RJ Sullivan. Yeah, uh, who's the other guy? Right. The so, so they're they're yeah. talking and they're basically talking about the, the the case and they're like, all right, Ramsey, get back out there. We're gonna have to. He, so Ramsey has a brilliant idea, which is I don't mean this sarcastically. It is a good idea. Where he's like, we gotta warn young couples. We gotta tell the college kids. We gotta tell the high school kids. Stay off yeah. these lovers' lanes. This guy's probably gonna strike again. And so yes. he's like, I'm gonna drive around on these lonely roads and like keep an eye out. And uh, yeah. as he's going to leave, all three of them come into the the chief's office, and then we introduce. To, to Patrolman A.C. Benson. Or Sparkplug, as they call Spark him. Plug. Who's been on the force for four months. Yep. And he, he is, is not by the books, let me tell you. He is loving having um, the authority of being a cop and is so, abusing it. So he gets a call, right, from this lady, Mrs. Something. I can't remember her name. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and uh, she's like, complaining about her son or something. He's like, you put him on the phone for me. And he's like, ah, yeah. if, if you get out of control, boy, I'll get down there and I'm going to beat you. Blah, blah, blah. And they're all like watching. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> get a load of Patrolman Benson over here doing police brutality real quick. Right. And yes. uh, <laughs> the other two leave. And then the, the chief walks over and he's like, Benson, how long have you been with us? And he's like, four months. And he's like, Benson, we don't talk to people that way. Next time you get a call, you follow the book procedures. But it's all kind of like tongue in cheek, like, you know. Like, and then, look, and then I'm immediately not mad the at chief you. turns I'm just around saying, don't and, do it. Yeah. And, and the lady calls back and he's like, that's it. I'm going to get down there. And and, and I'm going to shoot be- your dog. Yeah, that's like a that, whole thing. Really, he's really, like, I'm going to put yeah. six rounds in your dog. Uh, which is which is the most realistic part because cops love to shoot dogs. Um, that's true. They do. They love it, guys. And <laughs> so anyway, so then we get uh, – and it's – look – I don't think Sparkplug's a bad character. I just think it's weird to have him in this film about murders. And we'll get into he, it because there's well, other parts yeah. in it where I'm like, why is this a thing? That's a, So this movie, and I, I maybe not to jump the gun, but this movie has weird comedic beats. Yes. That like it feels like very much like Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> That's what I said. I have, a, I, have or, a, I have a note in here yeah. that says, and we'll get into to the specific part, but I have a note that says, did I accidentally switched to Dukes of Hazard, what the fuck yes. is this movie? It's very Dukes of Hazard, or even like Smokey and the Bandit, where it's like these like southern caricatures of police cops, yeah. uh, of policemen. But it's, but also it's trying to be serious at the same so time, and it's fo- very weird. Moving yeah. forward, Mason tells us what, tell us what happens when when Deputy Norman uh, gets back on the road and he's driving on this lover's lane, and we meet up with a twenty five year old and his seventeen year old girlfriend. Right, right. So he's he's he rolls up on Lover's Lane, and I couldn't tell Jose. Maybe you can tell me. Was it supposed to be nighttime, and they yeah, just apparently. shot it during the day mm-hmm. and pretended like like it was very mm-hmm. clearly daytime? Because every time they reference the that scene, they say that night. So yes, it was supposed right, to be nighttime. But it was obviously shot during like a cloudy day. Yes. Uh, like, anyway, like 4 so 4 p.m. on a cloudy day. It's very yes. clearly like middle of the afternoon. Yes. 
he shows up, he finds like a, a car, and he, he goes into the woods and is like, I'm, you know, looking for this guy, and, like, and then backup. all of a sudden... Yeah, yeah, sorry, he asks for he backup. Because he hears a gunshot. Yes, that's right, yeah. sorry. I mm-hmm. this Again, a lot of this movie but is very forgettable. It's, it's pretty funny, because he rolls up on the abandoned car, gun yeah. blazing, pulls out his yes, fucking he rifle. Immediately, he's, like, he's got a shotgun out. You and Actually, car. and I think it even says, like, the it cuts to the narration and even is like, Deputy the Sheriff pulls out a 12-gauge shotgun mm-hmm. and investigates the scene. And mm-hmm. it's like, oh, all right, Yeah, I cool. can see that. Thank you, though. Yeah. Um, And then he's like, you in the car, get out right now or I'm going to open fire. And I'm like, But there's Real. nobody in the car. That's the most cop thing I've ever seen. <laughs> yes. There's and, nobody uh, in the car. So, yeah, he so goes, here's a gunshot. He goes through the woods and he, like, stumbles upon the phantom, the killer. Well, he finds the body of the guy first. And then yes. he finds the girl, like, tied up on a tree trunk, right? And I think she's dead. She's but dead. But it's not very clear. Um, which, But the image of her, so this is one of the first points in the movie where the movie's like, we're not afraid to show you gore. So they have her, yes. like, tied up and she's all bloodied. And, and she's yes. got, like, a bullet hole in her shoulder. And the movie, yes. like, lingers on it. And I was Zooms like, in on I'm it. like, yeah. that's pretty ballsy of them. Right, um, yes. And it is it is kind of, so the way she's tied up, she's, like, kneeling. So she's her butt's, like, resting on her feet. Her arms yes. are around the tree trunk. And she's yeah, tied she's to like it. Yeah, she's, like, chest to the tree. Like, her cheek, her, her cheek is, like, is, like, pushed up against the tree. Which, and the shots of uh, are in her back. Scary. That's scary. That's a scary way yeah. to find a person. That's scary. That's scary. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I didn't like that. Um. Anyway, and then he he runs after the Phantom, like you were saying. <laughs> yes. And he crosses, which again, I know he thought that was the fastest way, but he crosses through like a fucking pond with frogs and lily pads. It falls down in it, and yeah. it. Lo- and he's also I legitimately in a big, bright yellow raincoat. Yes, like uh, the kid from, from it? it. Yeah. Yes, is in like a he's in a big yellow raincoat, and he falls down in the water in what I can only describe as the type of shot that a director didn't plan on, but liked it better than what yeah. the script said. One hundred. Like he just wasn't tripped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the actor just tripped, and they ended up keeping it in the film. And I know that afterwards they were like, "Don't worry, we're not going to keep that one." And the director like turned to the script supervisor and was like, "Make a star on that one. I like that yeah. one." Yeah. And he he so they get they make it back to the abandoned car that the 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 deputy sheriff found in the first place. The the phantom gets into it and like peels ass away basically. Well, it was really funny too because when the phantom is walking back to the car, he's just yeah. strutting. Like, yeah, because he was fun. The Phantom's like this like slim guy, too. And he's yeah. kind of like just, the best way I can describe it in modern pop culture is he's doing the Negan walk for anybody that's mm. seen The Walking Dead, which, you know, yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan is a very slim guy. And he's doing this like yeah. hip, like cowboy kind of swagger Strut. on down yeah. to the car. Yeah. And I was like, what is happening? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it was weird. Uh, I mean, I like it, but I was like, what is this? And, and then, it was... And, the sheriff shows up and he like points his gun at the back of the car and it's like, Oh, he's going to like shoot. And then he just doesn't. Well, and it's, and, that's and, fine. And, and the narration says that he knew he couldn't make it because he had a 12 gauge and he knew it wasn't, yes. gonna, it wasn't going to hit the car. Correct. Anyway. Which, which yes. I, which the one time as not a gun guy for me, I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, that's a, okay. I'm glad they said that. Cause I was like, why didn't he shoot? And I was like, well, oh. see to me though. And this is just my opinion. Shoot. If you like, pop a tire or like pepper the back of his bu- his could have ran bumper. after him too a little bit well even if you don't 
even if you don't catch him, it's like you can mark his vehicle. Like now we need to look out for a a vehicle that's got like a a bit of shotgun BBs in the back of their car. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That was my thought, but I it also could be, uh, you know, I don't know much about like seventy shotguns, so it's possible yeah. that what I'm thinking about isn't accurate. But yeah. And and so so he shoot he you know and then the the cops pull up on the scene and then they're like we're out of our depth here so what do they do Mason? We, well well Jose let me give you let me give you a multiple choice. Do you think that they a call in the FBI? Do you think they b call in someone who's got experience with serial murders, or do you think they c call in a fucking shit kicking cowboy to come in and solve and save the day? Mm, I'm gonna say c. That's fucking right. So, they call in goddamn Boss Hog from Dukes of Hazard or uh, the Smokey and the Bandit, a dude, cowboy hat, Texas Ranger, all white suit. His first thing he has to do on the job is buy cigars. Yes. So they call in Captain J.D. Morales of the, uh, fuck, I accidentally just closed the... I didn't he was the Texas Ranger. He was the Texas Ranger. Yeah, he's yes. like the cat, the captain of the Texas Rangers or whatever. Yes. Because at this point, the state is like, let's keep it within us. We can investigate this. They don't want to get it's the FBI like, involved yet. And also, you anyone, have to remember that uh, this time is the forties, late forties, forty-seven, yes. I think. So, like, yes, I don't think the FBI was what it is now yet. For anyone who's seen The Highwaymen, it was like they called in the guys who solved the Bonnie and Clyde case. Yeah. To come in and save this day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so they call in J.D. Morales, and like Mason said, the first thing he does is like, I gotta get cigar. And then he grabs a handful of cigars yes. and buys them. And then I was confused about this, Mason, because he walks by a blind man. Yep. Who's got a cup, right? Yes. And A cup full of pencils. And he puts money in it yes. without saying a word. And the yes. blind man says, thanks, sir. And I'm like, yep. wait. How did he know <laughs> that he put I, money in his cup? Well, I mean, you could feel the pressure, right? I get that. But what I I think what the movie was trying to say is like this guy's a good guy. Yes. He's not like he's not a he's not a hotshot cop coming in that thinks he's going to solve every problem without putting in work. He's a guy who's going to come in and actually well, try to and solve again, this And again, all case. these characters, I don't know about Sparkplug, but all these characters are based on the real people involved in the case. Right, uh, yes. Which the movie tells us at the beginning, everything that happened is the same, only the names have been changed. Right. Um, but uh, there's another thing, Mason, that I don't know if you picked up on, but at some point, certain points throughout the movie, sometimes the movie will focus on a background character. And yes. And it's implied that that could be the Phantom. Yes. Uh, and usually it's like from the leg down or whatever, but there's some other instances where like you see the back of a character or you see a character walk up and it lingers just for a moment. And yes. I was like, is that deliberate? Is that them trying to be like, this could be the Phantom? Uh, it I don't could know. could be, yeah. But if it is, great choice. Yeah. Anyway, Again, so- this movie wildly jumps between being a terrible fucking movie and a goddamn genius movie. So then, basically, to skip over some of this fluff, there, there's a lot of policing st- happening, right? Yes. Of them being like, we got to do this, we got to do that. And then they like decide that like, while J.D. And Morales is in town, they're going to have Sparkplug yes. be his driver and drive him around. And to then the, the weirdest credit, 
part of this all film. All the police work seems to be relatively good. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know what I These mean? These are the just most to, competent cops clear, I've ever seen. In, 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 yeah, yeah. They, they're making good decisions on trying to catch a serial killer. But anyway, when, when, when we're introduced to, like, Sparkplug having to drive Captain Morales around... Yes. It takes like a full 180 and there's like this jaunty Straight ass comedy. musical theme. Yes. It's like yes. and I'm like what is <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like what there's is like happening? a whole scene where Sparkplug is driving the captain and the deputy sheriff with the siren on and he's like driving kind of recklessly and fast. Dude, some the, insane reckless driving in this film, like that they made yes. the stunt drivers do. Like I kept expecting those cars to flip. And the captain was like, "Unless I tell you it's an emergency, you don't drive that fast. You follow the ro- the rules of the road." And it's like, like they leave a pause for like a laugh track, but yeah. like, there's so Here's much murder going on I that it's not happened. really funny. Here's what I think happened, is I think they wrote the script for this film, and it was a very serious like depiction, which is the moments that we get, of uh-huh. these murders. And then the studios yeah. went, what if we added some humor in there, though, for the audience? Yes, we don't want to make it that's too exactly scary. what it feels and like. And so yes. they, they, they probably added Sparkplug in, because he's the only one with a nickname. Yep. They added Sparkplug in, which you know he's yes. going to be the funny guy if he's got a nickname. Yes. And then they added all that's these true. fucking jaunty-ass southern bluegrass themes. Um, yeah, like yeah. To be fair, most modern horror always has a comic relief character, but it's normally done with well. Like I can think of, like yes. for instance, Halloween two twenty eighteen. Right, it's got like that one kid, uh-huh. like the buddy who's yeah. like, trying to who's trying to like fuck the main girl or whatever, even though she's yeah, his friend. Yeah. And he's funny, yeah. and he kind of takes you out of it sometimes, and it's good. But like it's not too much, and this film this is too just much. feels like it, they filmed two completely separate movies. Yes, they filmed one, is, one that one was like a, a crime, like a southern sheriff comedy, yes. like buddy comedy, and then the other yeah. one is the the, the one depicting yes. these murders. Yeah, um, and then yes. so Mason, let's talk about the very progressive scene in this, where in in, in uh-huh. an effort to stop this guy, the cops decide yes. to. Oh, they dress up as ladies. <laughs> they dress up as ladies. They do drag. They take all the it's men. Very progressive. <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, I got some spit. My yeah, yeah. Um, too excited. That's what's happening. <laughs> okay, I'm I'm good. Yes, they decide that they're gonna send officers out to Lovers Lane in groups of two, with one officer dressed in full drag, which and another one dressed as a man. I know it's played for laughs in the movie, but it's yes. not a bad idea. Actually, it's actually not yes, a bad that's idea. That's true. It's not uh, a terrible idea no. if they were to have not played it as laughs in the movie yeah and 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 spark plug of course the narration tells us that he signed up to help without realizing mm. what the plan entailed and then he that comes he out gonna and he's got one, one boob bigger than the other because he inflated it too much and they keep joking about it and there's like there's this a one, whole thing there's about this one the cop with like bigger. a handlebar mustache who he has to partner up yes. with i don't remember his name yeah, yeah and they're knows? like in the car and the He's kind of being weird. Because <laughs> at yes. first it's like, oh, he's being funny about him, being like, ooh, being you're like, a lady and I'm a man. Yeah, like, he's like, you know, the the, the 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 chief told us to be realistic about it. And he's like putting his arm around 
a spark plug and like kind of copping a feel. But then it goes on for too long and it gets weird. Yeah. And I feel like both. Like, I feel like the spark plug actor was like actually uncomfortable. And I yeah, think it like comes plug across. Is very much just like, hey man, stop. And instead of being like, <laughs> they're like, no. And that's when I was Give like. Give me your titties. No, like it keeps going on too long. And I was like. Yeah. What is. I, my note at that moment is i said what a weird goofy ass movie man yes <laughs> and then he pops his boob he squeezes it too hard and it pops yes and yeah. then that was it nothing came of that nothing came of it there was no payoff no. to them dressing up as having multiple officers dress up as women and then like set a sting operation I also, it didn't yeah, work no it, it if anything it made me lose uh confidence in the cops in this movie because again, yes. like it was a good plan, but then it just shone for laughs, and I'm like, oh, yes. You know. Again, the cops are in a comedy, and the serial killers in a horror movie, yeah. and it it just creates in a weird playing film. Yeah. Um. Okay. So then we get the junior and senior prom of the local high school. Yes. And uh, in which is an entirely unnecessary scene of two like chaperones. Pouring alcohol into their own cups. Yeah. Like, it goes on. This is where the movie suddenly was like, oh, shit, we have to pad time. Like, it suddenly felt like they realized that they didn't have, they didn't film enough <laughs> to make the runtime and then had to go through and pad shit. 100%. Yeah. Um, so, so then we follow a, a young couple from the high school who, uh, it's also kind of crazy that, so, like, the girl's uh, curfew is, like, 2.30 a.m., yeah, uh, which is insane because I'm, like, uh, that's a super that late seems, curfew. <laughs> yeah, right? That seems like a super progressive curfew. Yeah. And but the guy's, like, why do you got to – you don't have to be home at 2.30. Let's go d do weird non-sexual stuff but implied sexual things at Lover's Lane. Even though there's a fucking serial killer on the loose. Which which she rightly brings up. She's like, yes. there's a fucking serial killer on the loose. And, and he's, he's like, like oh, come on now. But I want to come. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. what he says. Yes. Um, yeah, so so we followed them, and they, they, they don't go out into the outskirts of town. They go into a, a park in the middle of town, they say. Yes. And the phantom strolls up on him and then comes the simultaneously the scariest and most goofiest parts yes, of this movie. Absolutely, yes. He tries to attack them, but they're They get they're, scared before he even gets to them. Well, they so they decide to leave. Because it's late. Yes. And so they have to go to not get in trouble. And he's like, yes. oh fuck. And he's like, the car's backing up and he's kinda like, What do I what yeah. do I do? And so like yes. he decides to hang on to the side of the car. And yes. they're driving, and then he pops up and fucking smashes through the window and then opens yes. the door, and then he's hanging off the side of the door, like yes. Scooby-Doo's style, and he's like, whoa, yes. whoa, 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 whoa. Yes, <laughs> it's, such, it's so, on one hand, farcical, but on the other hand, it's fucking terrifying. Because then he because, yanks the guy out. Yes, and beats the shit out of him with his... Bashes nightclub his, thing, I mean, yeah. You know, it's implied that he, like, bashes his fucking head. And, yeah. Um. And uh. And then he comes the spookiest part. Basically, he ends up killing the guy. The guy kind of like he catches up to the girl. The girl runs away. Catches up to the girl. Girl ties her to the tree. Sees the guy still alive. The guy tries to walk away. He shoots him twice. 
walks over yep. to the girl, finds the guy's trombone because the guy was a trombone player in the band. And he <laughs> no, the girl was. was the he? girl was the trombone. Yeah, the girl was he the was trombone the one carrying player. the trombone. He carried it out for her, but she was playing it in the band. I also prom. stopped paying attention to that part. So you know, I get it. This is I forgot this happened. This is the dumbest and also the scariest thing that happens in this entire movie. I think this is at first I was like, this is stupid, but then I was like, Oh, this is scary. Because again, yes. this goes back to talking about how realistic uh, Yes. The the Phantom ties a pocket knife to the like end of the trombone so, so first the phantom though picks up the trombone with his mask on and plays like two notes and he goes like, like and then he's like doing the sliding in and out and he's like oh like you and can again, like see him getting an idea this is like again we when you when you hear or you read these stories about these serial killers so often it's like they improvise something at the scene after finding a thing and right. that's what this guy does so you were saying mason so he 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 fucks with the trombone a little bit. Then he then he ties a knife to the end of it, and like and I, admittedly, as someone who's played the trombone in fifth grade, yeah, like you want to hit somebody with the slide of the yeah. trombone. It I, seems I did fun. It in band, yeah, Got yeah. He ties a pocket knife to it, and then like is like he's not really playing the trombone, but he's like sliding the trombone slide into her and like stabbing her in the back like three or four times he does it like once or twice to get the feel of it and then he like gets up next to her and then he yeah. does it and then i you know the acting could have been better from the uh the girl because it like i was like is he stabbing you or is he making you come because i cannot tell. <laughs> yeah that's fair she's like getting stabbed and she's like oh, oh. but like, it is huh? like again the Phantom is super fucking scary. Yeah, yeah. Um, in in the in in a more progressive movie, great. I think they, the gore would have been better in that scene, and yes. I and I kind of want to see someone do that again. We'll have to uh, watch the 2014 remake. That's what I was this. thinking too. Yeah. I wonder if that's any is more gory. Um, yeah. But yeah, that whole scene is fucking terrifying because then he's done yeah. and he's kind of like, <sighs> and yeah. it's like. And, 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 you know, and the next scene is them talking with, like, a psychologist or something in a public setting, like, at a restaurant. Yeah. And there they start talking about what we talked about in the, the actual case that, like, they think he's, like, a sexual deviant. And this is, like, yes. sex, sexual gratification, which is why he's attacking yes. attacking couples. And yes. you do kind of get that implication after the trombone thing because you're like, did he just come? Like, is he coming? It you know? is very much like a dude who can't come is killing high school students trying to fuck. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And it's like, yeah, that's real and it's scary. And and the police are having this chat sesh at the fucking restaurant. And then a man nearby stands mm -hmm. up, lingers, and then walks out the door. And again, it's from, from, from knees down, which is implied the that it's the Phantom. The camera keeps showing the boots of the Phantom. Mm -hmm. And these are the same boots that was being worn on the during the trombone murder. And it just made me go, yeah, that's pretty dumb of the police to have a pub this this conversation in a public setting. Probably shouldn't have yes. discussed important details. Yes, which is funny because when JD Morales shows up, he says, "I don't want the press involved. I don't want. Yes. I don't want anybody snooping here." No yeah. one will talk Don't about this case. Don't tell the press anything well, unless tells, I say so. And then he says, let's not discuss any of the details of this case without anyone that doesn't have to know it. And no one here from the police station is going to tell anyone anything, even off yes. duty, unless yeah. I say so. And then yes. they, and then he proceeds to be like loud as fuck, like, well, do you think this guy is a Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, hmm, okay. Yep. Yes. Uh, 
And yeah. it does, yeah, I mean, it does paint a fairly, even for 1970, a fairly progressive picture of a serial killer. And like, yeah, that seems like a like a pretty reasonable reason why a serial killer would kill. But also, much like cops in real serial killer cases, fucks it up because they talked about it in public. The implication is the killer heard it, and then he goes underground for a little bit, right? Well, right. Because that's what I was going to say is like I was waiting for the moment in this movie where I was like, where did they fuck it up? Because it's, you know, it's a staple of serial yeah. killer uh, yes. investigations. And that was it. And I was like, oh, great. Well, I'm glad yeah. these are real cops. Yes. Um, so then he goes, like Mason said, he goes under for a bit. And uh, then um, they're in interviewing. They talk about how like 600 people were interviewed in connection as like suspects yes. or whatever. The whole town is buying like guns, guns. and getting new mm-hmm. locks. Yeah. It's a really funny scene where the <laughs> this old white couple is watching the locksmith put new locks on their door, and they're like right next to him watching him do it. And yes. the husband like turns to the wife and like nods his head like yeah, and she looks at him. Yeah. And she's like yeah, and I'm like yeah. let this man work. Yeah, back up. <laughs> yes, yes, give him some space. <laughs> and um, so then moving forward, we get this chase sequence because they call in a man who so. So we're introduced, I don't remember his name, we're introduced to this character who, yeah. who says he picked up the Phantom and drove him to a town nearby. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then the guy stole his car and stole and looked at his wallet and said, I know where you live. I've killed five I'll people kill in Texarkana. I'll kill you like, yeah. I'll kill you if you, and so he goes to the police station and tells him this. Then they get a call on the radio and they're like, hey, we have the report of the stolen vehicle and it's at this store and the guy is armed. And they're like, let's get down there. And then, you know, J.D. Morales gets in the car and he looks at Sparkplug and he's like, Sparkplug? Hate it. You know? And Sparkplug's yeah. like, yeehaw, Captain. And yeah. and then it's a Duke's and also, of Hazard uh, sequence just in a, well, 10 minutes. To be clear, though, in a straight, just in a pure movie sense, fucking terrible. Because, like, you think that Sparkplug is going to, like, tear ass. They still show up last to the crime scene, which they were first. Some they were first yes. in most of it, and then they show yes. up last. So and it's like I thought Sparkplug was gonna get like a redemption arc mm-hmm. of like he's good at driving. No, he so, sucks. So they like they pursue him, and then they show us this car sequence, and then at some point they like go over a hill so they get slowed down. The the yeah. car with Sparkplug and J D Morales and the deputy sheriff, and then yes. they, they're pulling up. They're hauling ass. They're pulling up on everyone who's already pulled up on the guy. They've already got him. Yeah, pulling handlebar they, mustache guy arrests him. Mm-hmm. Arrest they, the guy like, they're trying to arrest. They're coming in too fast and they go like off a jump, and they their yeah. car goes into the water. And that's when I yes. went, "Is this Dukes of Hazard? Do they not have a yes. very similar shot?" In the it, it was straight up Dukes of Hazard, even to afterwards where they're crashing and the the captain's like, God damn it, spark plug! And yeah. the spark plug's like, No, I'm sorry, chief, I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then they basically, they talk to this guy and they, they pull up, they they pull up with the, the, the gentleman who, who had earlier told them about him and he's like, this is the guy. And then they like talk to him, and he's like, "You got me. I'm the Phantom." And then yeah. Handlebar Mustache turns to JD, and he's like, "Is this him?" And Morales is like, "No, nah, this isn't him." And it was, it was. There was a, there was a scene that we forgot to talk about too, where there's they talk about like a bunch of people claim that they're the Phantom, but like none of them check out. Which is what happens in real life, you know. Yes, all the yeah. crazies and come out of the woodwork. It and- does seem like this guy is. A petty criminal and not actually a serial killer. Well, that's what Morales says. He says, like, does he have a rep sheet longer than your arm? Yes. Is he the Phantom? Mm-hmm. No. 
Yes. Um, and, and I think this guy just wanted the attention because he immediately, he's like, you caught me, call the press, I'll give a press conference. Yes. And I'm like, ah, there it is. Yeah. Um, well, anyway, so then we get the final sequence of, the, well, the beginning of the end, which is the Phantom goes to strike again. Um, at, a, at a house. At a house time. this time. Because he sees a lady at a store and he follows her home. Yes. A very beautiful lady, by the way. I was like, well, that actress is very pretty. Yes. Um, and he he shoots her husband through the window. And then mm-hmm. he fucking... Also, and this is a small bit, but he's using a different gun, right? Mm-hmm. He's been using, like, a Magnum, like, revolver this whole time. Now he's using, like, a Colt forty five with a silencer on it. Yes. Because I was like, why are these shots so quiet? And then I saw the silencer yes. and I was like, oh. Yeah. There it is. Um, right. So... He 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 kills her husband and then she finds him. She's like, "Oh my god!" And she like goes to the operator and the operator's not picking up to like the phone, right? Because it's 1947. And uh, right. she looks down the hall and it's a pretty cool shot where he's at the screen door and he's looking at her and he goes, "Oh!" And he like rips the fucking screen door open and that yes. was pretty cool. And then he fucking storms his way inside and he shoots her twice. And it's they don't. I mean, again, one of them is like through her cheek. Yes, because again, like if, it goes if through you remember, her Mason, mouth. This is the yeah. last lady who was shot twice in the face and still managed yes. to crawl to a neighbor's house for help. Yes. And that's what it's implied here, but you know, because they're not like going to fully show it, she like has to hold her face so that we know that it shot her in the face. Yes. And she crawls away into this this uh cornfield, which I actually really liked the sequence it of was her cool. dragging herself through the cornfield as the phantom is slowly stalking her. Once again, Every scene where he's killing someone fucking terrifying, the rest of the movie boring at best. I During that sequence, I was like actually on the edge of my seat because I was like, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. Is he going to yes. get her or not? Yep. Um, and then, you know, she manages to make it to a neighbor's house. The dog like alerts the neighbor and, and he runs off. Yep. And, um, and then we get the final sequence, which is J.D. Morales and... Um, deputy sheriff are driving around and uh the deputy sheriff is like we're not gonna find this guy are we and jd morales is like do you want a, an official response or a private one and he's like private mm-hmm. and he's like it's gonna take a miracle like yep. i'll keep it real with you like i because at this point they, they also talk about i forgot to mention this the movie says that the fbi is now involved and that yes. 12 different uh state agencies were also involved yes so it was like a thousand or so or like 180 patrol cars or something in the city constantly roving yes. around. And Once again, the weird narration to, yeah. just comes back and is like, 180 police cars are now involved in this yeah. investigation. And um, so... And then the movie's just over, basically. Well, so 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 they, 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 they get a report of the car. That he was driving. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Being yes. abandoned on a road. They roll up on it. And uh, yep. it's J.D. Morales and the deputy sheriff. Uh, and um, they tell the other guy, like, call for backup. We're going to go after him. And they, like, find him in this sand pit. <laughs> and yeah. And he like, he, like, walks out over the edge, the phantom, and it's, like, broad uh-huh. daylight. Yeah. He's got the mask on, and he's just, like, <sighs> like looking out over the sand pit. Yeah, just, like <laughs> like like, thinking about his murders. And I'm, like... What? <laughs> yes. And then JD Morales shoots at him, but he misses. Yep. Which I wouldn't have. I'm just Bill Different, though. Um, I wouldn't have. And uh, 
not 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 that mu- not impressed that much of an impressive Texas Ranger if you ask me. Agreed. Uh, yeah. And then they like full on like pursue him on foot, and then you can tell that the actor for JD Morales was not in the best shape because he falls he behind was, pretty quick. The guy that plays JD Morales looks like Gene Hackman, but like. Yeah. Gene Hackman in the Royal Tenenbaums, where he was like already out of shape and old, and then but like he's like not supposed to be. No, you know, he, like yeah, that guy. We talked about the 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 uh, Orson Welles diet a couple episodes ago. That guy had yes. the Orson Welles diet of like Absolutely. two steaks and a pint of bourbon. You know, yes, yes. <laughs> um, and and they chase after him, and then they have a really good slow mo sequence where they they yes he, the phantom makes it over the railroad tracks as a railroad as a as it's a your pretty, train track is it's coming it's your by. pretty standard like cliche like railroad track and there's like a train and he just gets around it before the cops do and you think like it well, was almost shot like and maybe this is just something to do with like film post this movie and mm-hmm. everything but it was shot like the phantom was the hero of the yes. movie escaping in just police officers. Well, and for a second you think like, oh, well, damn, they lost him. And then they're yeah. kind of like, fuck. And then they immediately start shooting. <laughs> they just start, they just start shooting. shooting underneath the train. Is, like every time like the wheels go by, they're like. Which is crazy because like they would get hit with like ricocheted bullets, right? Not a, I mean, look, it's not a great idea, but like, I also, I mean, they, it's possible. What they did was possible. Okay. The problem was that the Phantom, after getting on the other side of the train, instead of like walking away, is like catches his breath and then starts running parallel to the train, yeah, yeah, yeah. as opposed to perpendicular and but just getting the where, fuck out of this there. This is where the, my favorite slow mo shot of the film happens is like, them, yes. like fucking shooting at the thing. And it's like, and then it cuts to like the Phantom, and he's running, and it kind of feels like the sh- the guy Richie Sherlock films. Yeah, and he's like running, and then they fucking nick him in the leg, and he just fuck, like flies yeah. back. Like, yep. like I don't know how they got the actor to do it, but he like goes sprawling up. And yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, and then they got him in the fucking leg, but he still manages to get away. And yes. I think JD Morales says like, "Well, at least now he knows that we're here," or something like that. Yes, which I'm like, yeah. But then the movie proceeds to tell us that like they never caught him. <laughs> yeah, never like, to caught. To this day, they never caught him. Like a lot of people believe he just he either made it to another state or he uh, he uh, went back into hiding. And then the last shot of the film is this this these people in line for something, and you see the boots again. And this time, they're limping. The person wearing the boots, and you're like, oh, yeah. that's a phantom. Yeah. And and then that's the end. And then it tells yep. us that like. You know the, the Morales people, spent his whole life mm-hmm. pursuing him, but never caught him. And, Pretty much, yeah. it just tells you that everyone involved in this case, their life was obsessed with it for the rest of their lives until yes. they died. Yep, and that is the town, the dreaded sundown. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's my enjoyable. Over- I would say that if you're gonna watch it, watch it with a watch it with somebody's and drink. Exactly. Yeah. Which, unfortunately, though, for me, my overall rating is this is a kill for me. Mm, that's a good point. I for, you know, I'm going to be honest. I forgot we had to give the, a yeah. killer thrill ranking. I think I'm going to disagree with you. I think I'm going to say it's a thrill. I think okay. that I think if you're wanting to look for a slasher film, I would say watch it before you watch Halloween. Mm-hmm. Again, it's cool because you see the influences it had on other 
films. Yes. Like you see the uh, beginnings. Yes. Again, like if you're if you're someone who loves the genre, watch this because you can see how it's the, the birth of it, how it's happening. And once again, I just have to reiterate the best portrayal of a serial killer I've it ever is really seen good. on film. It's so good. Yeah. Um but for me though, I think unless I unless I was watching it like you said with some buddies and a couple of drinks, then it would be a thrill. But since I watched it Stone Cold Sober by myself, mm. it's a kill. I'm gonna stick with thrill. I watched it on my day off. I was doing a little day drinking. It was I'm gonna just stick with thrill. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Well, that is our first Thrills or Kills episode. Um, I'm excited for these. I think it's it's going to be fun. Yeah. We've, we've got some exciting ones to take a look at. Um, yes, that we do. I, that, that I've never watched. And yeah. Any other th- thing you'd like to add, Mason? Before we no, wrap it I up? No, I don't think so. Just I would say give the sh- give it a if you're just have a movie night and watch it. It, it. That's a better that's the best way. Don't watch it by yourself sober, but like if you're no. gonna have like a party, put it on in the background. Yeah, it's yeah. fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, I like I like uh, the the title is really cool. I like the poster. I like the look of the killer. And like Mason yes. said, it is one of the best I think depictions of an actual serial killer that I've seen. Yes. Um, yeah, good good stuff. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's going to be the episode. Probably a shorter one. But uh, yeah, we're going to be back next week with our Ubok County 5 episode. Yeah, that's right. Hell that's our next yeah. episode. So that'll be exciting. And then Woo. yeah, keep an eye out over the next little bit, guys. I've got like two short films coming out that I've been working on. Um, yeah. So probably want my scene, my like single scene one is going to come out first that we shot in class, and then uh, in a couple months you'll get to see my um, my little horror film that we shot in a convenience store. So that'll Hell be really yeah. cool. And um, I'm still posting my art on my Instagram at Mason SHR. If you guys want to check that out, I'd really appreciate it. Yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening to this one. We'll be back at you soon. And uh, yeah. Stay safe, everybody. Talk to you later. Bye.